Well, we are in our third and final week of this series called The Spirit of Christmas. And we've talked about the spirit of Christmas. Many people, our world, like to label the spirit of Christmas as something that's uh, good news and tidings and, and joy and thanksgiving and those kinds of things, generosity, and all of those are great. And we could talk about those things. We have talked about those things in the past. But the spirit of Christmas really is about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's involvement in the Christmas story. Because I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit definitely had major, major uh, involvement in that story. It wasn't just all about Jesus. It wasn't all about God and, and, and angels. It was the Holy Spirit behind the scenes empowering the Christmas story and getting it off the ground. In our first week, we visited the spirit of Christmas past and how the Christmas story actually goes all the way back to Genesis. It wasn't any sort of oh, wow, what am I going to do now from God and the Trinity uh, once Adam and Eve sinned? They did not catch them by surprise. Uh, It's something that God knew was going to happen. And so he had a plan all the way since the beginning of time in Genesis. And we also see in the prophets uh, who spoke of those, uh, of the virgin birth and, and all the way back hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And just know this, that if God can speak in Christmas past, then he can speak into your past as well, okay? Uh, God was there with the people speaking to them uh, even when in the middle of their sin, in the middle of their idolatry, in the middle of life being about themselves, God was there giving word to what's going to happen. And guess what? In the middle of our shame, in the middle of our past, in the middle of the, of, of the times that we were far away from God, maybe we didn't make that decision to follow God, God was there with us, whispering words to us through other people, drawing us to him. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit draws us to himself. And so the reason why it's important that, that we have the, the, the spirit of Christmas past is to know that God wants to string all of this together. He wants to know that, hey, this was his plan all along. He wasn't like, oh, what are we going to do? I guess we'll send Jesus down. And after thousands of years of man being on the planet, no. This was God's plan for thousands of years and hundreds of years. And so that was the spirit of Christmas past. Last week, we talked about the spirit of Christmas present. And that particular present was about the virgin birth, the actual actual time. So it's not about our present condition. We're going to talk about that today. But the, the spirit of Christmas present was about what happened in the moment. And the biggest thing about the, the, the spirit of Christmas present is the virgin birth. The virgin birth. And we talked about that last week. In, 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 in the present condition, God could have sent Jesus in one of three ways. He could have sent Jesus as, as fully man. And the way he could have sent Jesus fully man is if a, a man and a woman got together and had natural chi- uh, children. But then he would not be part God. He would be born into sin. And because he would be born into sin, he couldn't take away our sin for us. Do we understand? Okay? So that's one option. Another option is that he could have just said, you know, we don't need a, wo- a woman or a man. We're just going to beam you down there, right? So beam Jesus down there. He's there. But then he's not part man. He's fully God. And a deity, a full deity cannot die 
He had to have the part man in order to die. But he had to have part God to be perfect. And but so God chose the best way. He chose the seed of a woman. He chose Mary. And he chose the Holy Spirit to be a part of that. And so she conceived the, chi- the Christ child through the Holy Spirit. And so in today's message, we will visit the spirit of Christmas future. In Charles Dickens' novel, The a Christmas Carol, the, the, the ghost of, of Christmas future is the scariest of one at all. You know, he, he has a hood, he's a grim, grim reacher, and all, he doesn't say anything, he just points, right? It's kind of it's spooky, he just points, and he shows the future, and, and, he, and, he's, and he's dead, he's fill, filled with the death. Well, this, this spirit of Christmas future is far from that. The spirit of Christmas future has so much hope for us today. And what I want you to do, we're going to read several passages today. Uh, We're going to have them on the screen. You're welcome to follow along if you have your copy of God's Word. We're going to start in the book of Isaiah, chapter 65. Chapter 65 in the book of Isaiah. If you have your printed copy of God's Word or your digital copy or on the screen, it doesn't matter. We're going to start with verse 17 of Isaiah, chapter 65. Verse 17. And um, this would be the first one we're going to go to as we go through several of these. And it says this, verse 17, See, I will create new heaven and new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. He's talking future. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. And, and he's talking about Isaiah the prophet, which, by the way, the same prophet prophesied the virgin birth, and the same prophet prophesied how Christ would, would, would die. He goes into, into, into much detail. And so the Spirit was heavily upon Isaiah, which prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus even appeared on the planet. And so Isaiah is saying here, through the Holy Spirit, okay, through the Holy Spirit, he's saying, look, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And, and he's talking about, he's talking about the, the, the new city of Jerusalem, but that new city of Jerusalem is heaven. And we can even go into Revelation and see that, which we'll go into a little bit later in the message. But we will see how the new Jerusalem is part of that, the new heaven. So Christmas was the first coming of Christ and what God started at Christmas. He will, Jesus will fulfill at the second coming of Christ. God will fulfill the second coming of Christ. Christmas began the process of renewal that will culminate in the new heavens and new earth. And how will God bring about the new heavens and the new earth? Once again, it is through the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of Christmas future that will bring about God's recreation of heaven and earth. But before we can understand the Holy Spirit's role in recreating the heavens and the earth. First, we must look back, back to the original creation and the Holy Spirit's role there at Christmas. First of all, we understand that the Holy Spirit was active at creation. The scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit was active in both the creation and the incarnation. So go to Genesis chapter one. We visited a little bit of Genesis in our first week. So Genesis chapter one, verses one through three. 
So we're going to start at the very, very beginning. Genesis, not at the contents. We go to the right one. Genesis chapter one, verses one through three. And it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. The Holy Spirit was there at creation, hovering over over the waters in the first few verses of God's word. So we see that the Holy Spirit was active at creation by hovering over creation or hovering over the waters. We also see, go back, go now to the Christmas present where we see he overshadowed Mary. In Luke chapter 135, it says this, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So the Holy Spirit was, was there at the beginning of creation but also there at the present Christmas. Now I heard something really, really Silly and, to be quite honest, stupid this week. And that was that uh, they, someone uh, believed, and, and I, I heard this from, not from the actual person, but from someone else, and um, no one associated with our church. In fact, I don't really know this person. But just there's a belief going around, and you may have heard this as well, that the Holy Spirit sort of um, took advantage of Mary, even to the point of, 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 of raping Mary. Can you believe that? That someone would even think that. That's just the evil one. Taking God's word and twisting it into something that it's not meant to be. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her, overshadowed Mary with his, with his love and his grace. But, but yes, the Holy Spirit planted the seed of the Trinity there in Mary. So anyway, I just thought that was a, a little bit ridiculous. So just as the Holy Spirit hovered over the Mary, uh, over the waters of creation, uh, the Holy Spirit was there with Mary. The incarnation was a type of creation. The incarnation of Jesus to Mary was a type of creation. Jesus was not created at Christmas. He already existed eternally as the Son of God, but the Holy Spirit worked as an act of creation within Mary, whereby the Son of God took on flesh and was miraculously conceived in Mary's womb without the help of a man. The Holy Spirit was after that creation and incarnation. So the same Holy Spirit who was there at creation, helping everything, empowering everything as God spoke. God spoke, let it happen. And the Holy Spirit through the power, let it happen. As part of the Trinity, and so the Holy Spirit loves creating things. The Holy Spirit is creative. We're still learning things about the Holy Spirit. Not everything in the Bible about the Holy, uh, about the Holy Spirit is, is really even in the Bible. Now, the Holy Spirit will not contradict God's word. The Holy Spirit, if you sense the Holy Spirit doing something and it's contradicting God's word, that is not of the Holy Spirit. But there's so many things the Holy Spirit does that we don't even find in God's word. Why? Because we're still figuring it out. The Holy Spirit continues to create things. As the Holy Spirit was there at creation, not just at creation, but the incarnation, still bringing power of creation, of life into Mary with the Son of God. The Holy Spirit gives life to all. 
gives life to all. We see this in, in Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The word for breath in the Hebrew is the same word for spirit. <laughs> the same word right here in this verse, breath, is the same word in, in the Hebrew as spirit. So when God breathed, a breath into man, he was literally breathing the spirit. The spirit was there at the creation, giving life to all. In Psalm 104, 24, and, I, and we're, we're, we're touching on a lot of verses here, but Psalm 104, 24, it says, how many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them more all. The earth is full of your creatures. And then in verse 30, couple of verses or uh, there. It says, when you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. All that to say the Holy Spirit is there. It, even with the, cre- with the creatures of the earth, the Holy Spirit is there giving life to all, to mankind, to all of creation. And so throughout scripture, it is clear that it's a spirit who gives life. The Holy Spirit was there at creation and incarnation. So, now we also see that the Holy Spirit is active in the new creation. So we have creation, Genesis. We have the incarnation of Christ. The Holy Spirit was there. Okay? And then we have new creation. What does that mean? New creation. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. If anyone is in in Christ, there is a new creation. There's a new beginning. Aren't you grateful for that? If you're grateful for that, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. If you need something new in your life, You had an old person, you have the old self, and now you have something new. Why? It's not because of something you've done. The only thing you did was just invite Jesus in and ask him to forgive you of your sins. And guess what? New life begins to pour in. Fresh water of the Spirit begins to pour in to clean out the dirt in your heart, to clean out the dirt in your life. And it's all about the new creation So how is the Holy Spirit active in new creation? He gives us new birth. He gives us new birth. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us new birth. When Jesus talked about being born again, he said this in John chapter three, verse five and six. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You are born of God by the Spirit of God. You are born again, new creation, by the Spirit of God. That's called the new creation. The new creation. You were created and put on this planet, but then there is a, if you choose to do so, there's a new creation and a new life, and that is with Jesus. So, so he, the Holy Spirit is there in, in our new creation by giving us birth, but also the Holy Spirit indwells 
the church with each believer in salvation. He indwells the church. Or we read about this in Ephesians 2, 22. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Which God lives by his spirit. And he's talking to the church. In him, you too are being built together. And Paul's talking about what he's talking about to, to the church in Ephesus. He's talking about how the church is a, is a body and how the, the church is being formed and built together and has become a dwelling which God lives by his spirit. So the church is also God's new creation brought about by the spirit of God in which God dwells by his spirit. God is with us through the indwelling of the church by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit act, is active in the new creation. So we talked about two areas, about the Holy Spirit, okay? And all of this is setting up the spirit of Christmas present. Sorry, future. (laughs) The spirit of Christmas future. And so we talked about how the Holy Spirit was there at creation, Genesis, the incarnation, Jesus being born. Okay, Holy Spirit was involved in that. Holy Spirit is also involved in our new creation when we accept Christ, and, as, and he, he indwells within us, and he also indwells and empowers the church. The Holy Spirit is here in this place. Even those who are walking, watching online, are you listening right now? The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you today. The Holy Spirit wants to share something with you today. Why? <laughs> because the Holy Spirit is alive and active in our midst. And then the last area, the Holy Spirit is not only active in creation and new creation and incarnation, the Holy Spirit will also be active in the recreation, the recreation of the whole world. When Jesus returns, we come to live in the new heavens and earth. This is the glorious future that was prophesied in the Old Testament and confirmed by the angels on Christmas Day. So let me trace it out for us in five simple steps. Five simple steps. So how is the Holy Spirit active in the recreation? So recreation is all about the future. The recreation of of the heavens and the earth. The recreation. The spirit of Christmas future. First of all, the present creation right now is in bondage and decay. So for there to be a new creation, there has to be a problem, right? If you have a, if you have a situation in your house, and if you have got to fix something, if you've got to recreate something to make something new, it's because there's a problem with the old one, okay? So if you have, if you have something around your house, let's say, you know, it, it, it's a, uh, we, gosh, we have had lots of problems around our house, but let's say if, if it's something like a, like a, a, a back porch, the railings are, are, are about to fall off and you don't want something, someone to fall, well, guess what? You've got to recreate that. You've got to tear the old down. You've got to build a new one, okay? But there's no reason to build a new one if there wasn't a problem with the old one, okay? If there's rotting going on, on your back deck or your front deck, if there's rotting going on, then you've got to recreate it. You've got to tear the old, bring in the new. That is the recreation of heaven and earth. 
But before there has to be recreation, there has to be a problem. The, the present condition is bondage and decay. We see this in Romans 8, chapter 20, verse 20, um, 20 and 21. Romans 8, 20 and 21. And it says this. I need to get a bigger print Bible. Hallelujah. All right. It says this. For the creation was subjected to frustration. That's a great word. That's a great. Have you ever been frustrated? I've been frustrated. Have you ever been frustrated? I can, I can, I can sort of relate with that. Creation, frustration. Okay? So the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, it affected all God's creation. If you ever wonder why there is so much sickness and suffering in the world, it is because of sin. God created all things good, but sin changed everything. Everything changed. And the results were, was devastating. The very ground was cursed because Adam and produced thorns and thistles. We see this in Genesis. Women were cursed with pain and childbearing. Uh, ladies, when you get to heaven, go easy on Eve, all right? <laughs> Death and decay entered the world. All sorrow, sickness, and suffering is a result of sin in the world. Cancer, sin in the world. Diseases, sin in the world. That's the first thing to understand. The present condition is in bondage to decay. Secondly, and again, we're talking about how the Holy Spirit is active in the recreation or how it will be active in the recreation in the future. Secondly, the Holy Spirit inside us is a sign of the renewal to come. Look at chapter 8. Again, Romans 8, verse 22 through 23. And it says this. We know... that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to the sonship, the redemption of our bodies. The whole creation is groaning as in pains of childbirth, as it awaits the renewal to come, the the spirit of Christmas future. We are part of creation. And so we share in that groaning. But as Christians, we have a sign of hope. We have the Holy Spirit in us, a divine deposit guaranteeing the redemption of our bodies when we no longer will be subject to sorrow and sickness and suffering. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Yes, the whole creation has been groaning and the whole creation will be renewed. The spirit in us is a sign of the renewal to come. I love this. God's like, just like there is a new creation within you by the Holy Spirit coming inside of you and manifesting itself inside of you, that is a sign of the recreation to come, the spirit of Christmas future, the recreation to come. Just like you were changed on the inside out, and, 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 and you, you were a bad person, 
I was a bad person. Not saying that we walk in perfectness, but we can walk in holiness. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. And so, just like the change and, and, and the, the new creation that happened inside us, that is just a sign, an example of what God's going to do. He's going to take away the old and bring in the new. Take away the old and bring in the new. Third thing, the same spirit has raised Jesus from the dead. He will also raise you. Verse 11, there in chapter Chapter 8, we're going to go back a few verses. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The renewal of all things includes the resurrection of our bodies. We will, on that great and glorious day, our bodies will be resurrected. And how will God bring about his future resurrection? Once again, through the Holy Spirit. It is, just like we read, it is the Holy Spirit who gives life and renews all things. And God will give life to your mortal bodies through the Holy Spirit who lives in you. When we die, and we're in heaven for those who have accepted Christ, okay, we're there in a, in a spirit form. And then on that great and glorious day, when he calls those who have died and their bodies are lined in decay, okay, the Holy Spirit will call them and give new life. Just like we find in Ezekiel, in the vision with the valley of the dry bones. God breathed life into them. He breathed, another word for Holy Spirit, and, and flesh grew on, on them, on their bones and their tendons, and they, be, they, they begin to, to walk around. And that is what will happen with us. That'll be a sight, right? <laughs> That'll be cool to see that. Talking about an incredible, an incredible moment. And so God will call our resurrected bodies up from the grave. And that same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead will raise us as well. And then God will reconcile all things through Christ. He will reconcile all things to himself through Christ. Because see, God lost some things when sin entered the world. Okay? And, and, and things became sinful. Things became unholy. The very ground was cursed. The very thing that he created was cursed. But even earth will be reconciled to himself through Jesus and with the power of the Holy Spirit and with us as the church leading the way in that. We see this in Colossians 1, 19 through 20. It says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus came into the world at Christmas, not only to save our souls, not only to save our bodies, but to redeem all of creation. 
He lost some things because of sin, because of, of unholiness. And God sent Jesus down there as part of the Trinity. He said, okay, we lost him. Let's go get him back. Let's go get them back. And this is only possible because Jesus came into our world at Christmas, took on flesh, and died for us, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Without Christmas, there would be no cross, and without the cross, there would be no creation, new creation. God will reconcile all things through, to himself through Christ. You see, so Jesus came to the earth, not just to die for our sins, but to reconcile, to bring back all of creation, the earth, the very cursed ground, the animals, everything cursed because of sin. And you are part of that creation. We are all part of that creation. So he, Jesus, is there as the crown victor to say, I want him back. We're going to win him back. How are we going to do it? We're not going to pick up a sword. I'm not even going to touch a sword. In fact, the sword is going to pierce me. How are we going to do it? We're going to shed the blood. An innocent man, part man, part God. And I'm going to die. And I'm going to reconcile. And I'm going to die in the place for all of creation. And we're going to win it back. We are going to win it back. How? After I die, I'm going to be raised to life. And I'm going to defeat death once and for all. I'm going to die and its place. And I'm not going to lay there forever. I'm going, to, I'm going to be raised to life. So Jesus points the way. He lets us know what's going to happen to us one of these days. And then finally, God would live with us in the new heaven and earth. We see this in Revelation chapter 21. If you wouldn't mind turning there. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. The spirit of Christmas future. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. And it says this, then I saw, this is John, the apostle John, the disciple. This whole vision came. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Okay? There, there it is. Something was wrong. We, we passed away. We, we tore it down. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and they and, and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Aren't you glad about that? Doesn't that give you joy and happiness to know that all of those things will be passed away? Give the Lord a praise offering. Yes. All of those things will be passed away as the spirit of Christmas future does its work and proclaims a new and glorious day. 
for us and for all of creation. This is what God has been aiming at ever since the creation of the world. This is why Jesus is born into the world at Christmas. This is why Jesus died for us on the cross. In the new heaven and the earth, there will be no more suffering, no sorrow, no sickness, no sin. I believe in heaven people can't even comprehend sin. I believe that. They can't even comprehend it. What is sin? (laughs) And in the sin removed from the picture, God will finally take his rightful dwelling place in his creation. Remember, God used to walk around on the planet before sin. God used to walk among, among his creation. Adam and Eve, all of his creation. When sin entered the world, after that, once they realized it was sin, there was a change of plans. Now, the dwelling of God finally is with men and he will live with them. This is the ultimate fulfillment of Emmanuel, God with us. You see, at the beginning, the plan was God with us and God was with us. He walked among us, literally. Spent time with Adam. Hey, Adam. What do you want to talk about today? (laughs) Can you imagine being in the Garden of Eden? Hey, Adam, what do you want to talk about today? There's no sin. Of course, God's thinking, just wait, just wait till you see the woman I have planned for you. But let's, let's talk about, let's just, let's just talk. How are the elephants doing? You know? How's the lion and the lamb doing? Because I know they're, they're playing around together. And that was, that was God with us, Emmanuel. But then sin entered the world and separated from us from that. And then there was separation from us and God. And God made that right. And then Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah, he was with us for a little bit of time, 33 years to be exact, maybe 33 and a half, if we want to stretch it. And then he was taken up. But then, but then they weren't done. It's like, yeah, Jesus maybe left the planet, but guess what? I'm going to breathe the Holy Spirit upon you. Breath. Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. And for all those who believe, the Holy Spirit is with us. God with us. Can I tell you something? If you have Jesus Christ in your life, you have the Holy Spirit. If you truly have asked Jesus to come inside you and give you new life, the Holy Spirit is there talking to you every day. We've just got to listen. He wants to spend time with you. Just like God spent time with Adam. Hey, how you doing today? How are you doing today? Let's talk. Do you know the Holy Spirit wants to have those kind of conversations? He does. It's okay. It's okay to talk to the Holy Spirit like you talk to a normal person because guess what? That's what they want. <laughs> yes, he's holy and reverent. And yeah, we need, to, we need to be in reverence with him. But we also just want to have a normal coffee conversation. Holy Spirit likes coffee. The Holy Spirit just wants to commune with us. And so God with us, Emmanuel, but can I tell you, he's still not done. Because the true Emmanuel, 
Is God with us and the new heaven and the new earth when we're there in him and the lion and the lamb can finally lie down together and play together just like they were at the beginning of creation and everything's going to be all right and you are redeemed with him and you are just right where you need to be and how you were created to be. You were created for heaven. You were not created for hell. God did not design you for hell. God designed hell for Satan. And Satan is trying to pull you into him, into, into, into his future. He knows his future. We all know his future. He knows what's there. He knows what's coming. And so he's trying to pull as many people as possible in with him. God doesn't send anyone to hell. He sends no one to hell. We send ourselves to hell by not choosing him. We're drawn to the lies of Satan, the lies of this world, the lies of sin and shame and fame and sexual immorality and, and, and idolatry and pride. All of these, these things pull us and drag us into hell. But God is there saying, would you please turn my direction and would you please listen to what I'm trying to tell you? Because the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart's door. The Holy Spirit longs to commune with you. He does. The Holy Spirit wants to make all things right. So the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters was their creation. And he was there in the incarnation placing the seed of Jesus, of the Spirit, right inside Mary. The incarnation, the immaculate conception of Christ. And then the Holy Spirit is there in our new creation as he indwells within us and we are made new. We are given new life. And then the spirit of Christmas future at the recreation of all things to come. The new heaven, the new earth, and guess what? You get a major upgrade in your body. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. You get a new upgrade on your body. You do. I've, I've even talked to people, there's even some books where people have visions and, and they, they've seen people who have gone before just sort of visions or maybe, maybe a dream, maybe the Holy Spirit would give them a, a dream in the night and they would see someone who had gone before and they, you could recognize them, but they look different. They've got amazing body, Okay. Just a beautiful body, a new body, a body that has not been affected by the sin of the world, a body that no longer has cancer, a body that no longer has disease, a body that, that can remember things. Isn't that a great and glorious day? So the spirit of Christmas future it's already been planned out. You read the book of Revelation, see that. But it's all throughout the Bible. And he's giving us signs of how he's going to do it. Just look at your life and look at the life of others who 
the Holy Spirit has changed. And that's how he's going to do it. That is how he's going to do it. And guess what? He wants to do that in you. He wants to do that in you. And many of you, whether here live or you're watching later or watching now or listening, he may, be, he may have already done that because you have accepted him. You have invited him. But maybe you haven't. If that is you. What a great time. God gave his son Jesus as a gift to us. Wouldn't it be great if you gave God the gift of your life to him? What if you said, all right, here's my heart. Here's my heart. <laughs> I mean, what can you give God? God has everything. What can you give God? You can give him something he doesn't have. Your heart. If you've yet to yield him your heart. He doesn't have everything yet if he doesn't have your heart. So bring your heart to him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This, uh, this message of the spirit of Christmas future, it's about us. And it's about the new creation that God wants to do in your life and in your heart. And I don't care if you're listening. You could be walking on a treadmill listening or walking or maybe you're listening live or watching Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, you know what? <laughs> I need to give my heart as a gift to God. And if you want to do that, it's very simple. Just simply say, God, I surrender it all to you. I'm tired of living life on my own, I'm tired of doing it by myself. Please forgive me my sin. Please come into my life. I invite you in. The door is wide open. Come and change me from the inside out. And maybe you're here today and you, you've done that before, but maybe you've allowed worries to come in. I understand there's worries. Maybe there's financial worries or worries of sickness or just you're not sure about the future. Can I tell you something? God knows your future. And the spirit of Christmas future can help you. So maybe you just need to surrender your worries to him. So Father God, I'm sorry for worrying about things. Please forgive me for that. Just bring new life in me. Fill me, Holy Spirit, with all that you are. I trust in you. My future is in your hands, not my hands. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I hope you, um, I hope the Holy Spirit spoke to you today. And I hope that the Holy Spirit um, just continues to give new life. This week, leading up to Christmas, if there's someone who is far from God who just needs Christ, would you please pray for them? And more importantly, why don't you invite them? Invite them to Christmas Eve. We're, I'm gonna preach a very simple, short, hallelujah, amen, uh, message. And it'll be a message that'll be, that'll be easy on the ears, but also um, straight to the heart. 
It'll be something that maybe the Holy Spirit will cause conviction, not condemnation, that's not of God, but will cause conviction to fall. And so, would you please invite people to the Christmas Eve service? It's going to be on Christmas Eve, the 24th, at 5 o'clock. And so, you're going to want to come to that. It's going to be a joyous time. And so, um, and remember, Christmas Day, uh, just enjoy that time with your family. Um, We love you guys, and a Christmas gift to you, no breakdown. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Love you guys.